Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Michael Russin. Thank you for joining me. So I found out I have a raven um, in our yard. So I recorded its calls yesterday because it sounds so much different than a crow. It, like, makes a croaking noise. Um, and uh, I recorded it. I put it on Facebook, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a raven for sure. So we have a raven at our house, which I'm just thrilled about because he hangs around. And I knew he had to be... Oh, I don't want to hit the squirrel. Okay, we got lucky. You got lucky, my squirrel friend. Um, I knew he was different because of the, his flight patterns. He would circle over. So, like, when I was walking Dane and uh, Ada in Geneva the other day, I keep them all on leashes, my family. <laughs> That's the way I said I was walking my wife and daughter. I was walking with my wife and daughter and our dog. Um, and he was just circling. My wife saw it. He was just circling, circling, circling. I'm like, ah, crows don't really do that. So it turns out he's a raven, which I just find. And he's out there all the time. And he's the one that warned me that the hawk was in our backyard the other day. It was his croaking. I was in there cooking a steak. And I hear him croaking out back. And it just seemed louder and more persistent. <laughs> And I pop my head out back and all the girls are just doing their little scritching. Chickens do this scratching thing. You know, they turn over the soil and the leaves looking for little bugs, whatever. And uh, they're all out there scritching. It's so funny to watch. They, like, kick one leg back, kick the other, and then they look up. Then they peck. They kick, kick, peck, look up, kick, peck. It's, it's hilarious. But anyways, so they're back there scritching. And uh, I just opened the back door and I just made a noise. I just went, oh, or something like that. And a giant hawk, I think it was the granddaddy hawk, who's gotten one of my girls before, um, was in a tree right above. Like, he was on a buffet line. Like, which one will I pick today? I imagine he was saying, like a Disney, an evil Disney character. But, uh, yeah, so I got a raven. How cool is that? I don't know. It's it's things like that when you get in your 30s. <laughs> birds. <laughs> I love birds, bro. I've become a big, big bird fan. You know what I mean? Between my chickens and my ducks. It's just, they, they're they such good pets. They give you eggs. Um, you know, you can dispatch them for meat. I would never. I just don't. I could never. Like, even if one of my chickens were to die, I would just bury it or burn it or something. I'd, I'd probably bury her. Um, I don't have the heart. Well, what I did with the one chicken, so one chicken got got by a hawk. This was last year. And I put her body out in the field for the hawk to eat. And the hawk came back and, and took care of her. Because I didn't want her to go to waste. It's like, well, if you're going to die to keep the natural cycle going, then let's let you have, like, a, what are those, sky burials. I think it's in Mongolia. Check this out. Don't, I mean, if Google it if you've got a strong stomach because it's pretty, it's pretty effing gnarly. But there's, um, there are, there, and I think it's Mongol culture, it's called the sky burial. And what they do when you die, they like put, sli they like slice your flesh up and they put you in a field and vultures come and within out an hour, you're completely picked clean. And then they gather your bones and bury your bones. And that's called a sky burial. Look it up. I mean, look it up if, if you've got a strong stomach, because like I said, it's gnarly. But yeah, they like slit your skin up, so it's easier for the birds to tear it apart. Ugh. 
they drop you out in the middle of a field and the birds go nuts. I think they like chain your head to the ground so a bird doesn't like pick it up and take off with it. <laughs> Something like that. You'd have to look it up. I don't know why we're talking about that. It's pretty gnarly. But uh, yeah, birds, birds are real cool, man. Big fan of birds. <laughs> Big fan of birds. Anyways, um, so yesterday we talked about money. Um, I wanted to talk about money and give you guys, like, again, I'm not a financial advisor. This isn't financial advice. I don't even know why you have to say that, but you do. Um, so we talked about money yesterday and why, how most people think incorrectly due to a lack of, you know, learned financial literacy, due to a lack of uh, the, the way that they think about money. They believe it's scarce or hard to come by. Um, I want to talk to you today, or fear, remember that's everything that we covered yesterday. I want to talk to you today about how to think correctly about building. So when I lived in Pittsburgh, and I've told this story a couple of times, but when I lived, we've got a lot of new listeners. When I lived in Pittsburgh, I moved to Maine uh, back in 2020, I believe it was. So yeah, we're coming up on our fourth year here. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the January... No, January 2021. Sorry, January 2021. But when I lived in Pittsburgh, um, we used to spend a lot of time at my friend Sam Boyle's house. And Sam Boyle lived, so I was in North Pittsburgh, which is like a nice suburb. It's like an uppity, well-to-do. There's lots of money. You know, there's Range Rover dealerships and Maserati dealerships and nice restaurants. It was a, it was a nice spot. And Sam lived like 10 minutes from where our condo, if you want to call it that, was. And uh, we used to spend a lot of time at his house. So we went out there the other, uh, or I, I used to go out there uh, very, very frequently. So every day I would be driving by this housing development. So you see in Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh's being developed very, very quickly. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. The outskirts of Pittsburgh, North Pittsburgh are especially um, are being developed. In fact, where I lived in Wexford, Cranberry area, it was pretty much, it used to just be fields, farms. You'd talk to older guys from Pittsburgh, and they're like, yeah, the Wexford and Cranberry used to be fields, farms, nothing there. Now it's fully developed. But anyways, so you would drive by this housing development, and you would see they had a picture of what it was supposed to look like on a big billboard. It said, reserve now, call an agent now. You know, they're trying to sell these condos before they're even built. So get out of my ass, bro, with your little dirty Ford Focus. I, I, I. Um, so I remember driving by day after day after day after day for what seemed like months and maybe even close to a year. And all it was was a big pile of dirt. You know, they had the backhoes, they had the bulldozers, front loaders, they had all the big equipment. And it just was, it was just a pile of dirt. And I'm thinking, like, what are these guys doing? I'm in the wrong business because they're just getting paid to do absolutely nothing. You know what I mean? It's just been a pile of dirt for months. So day after day, I'm driving by this big pile of dirt. And, uh, okay, good, we're recording. Uh, and uh, I'm just thinking to myself, I can't believe that these houses aren't built yet. What are these guys doing? And then one day I drive by. And I swear, overnight, there were 10 frames all the way up. Some of the houses already had siding, siding on them. Almost looked like they were like a week away from being done. And I'm like, whoa. 
what the hell happened? Where'd these houses come from? It was like overnight. You know what I mean? Well, what they were doing when it was just piles of dirt is they were building, they were digging the foundation. And all that growth and progress goes down where you're not able to see it. And it takes longer. But what is the most critical part of the house? It doesn't matter how immaculately beautiful and ornate the outside is. It doesn't matter how strong the outside looks. Especially in Pittsburgh, it's very hilly. What would happen if you built a beautiful house without a without a foundation? Over time, it would slide, slide down the hill. You wouldn't have a house anymore. You'd have like a, a really large, slightly mobile home. <laughs> Not good for anybody. So the foundation is what took them so long, but it was the most critical part of the whole house. But the problem with the foundation is, one, it's not very exciting. Like digging and pouring a foundation, I've been able to see it twice now, how to dig and pour a foundation. It's not exciting stuff at all. And none of the growth is above ground and visible. If you were just driving down the road and you didn't know that there was a housing development going up, there's no signs or equipment, you would think it was just a bunch of patches of dirt. But what does that foundation do? It lays the framework for the rest of the building to be done. And then once that foundation is built, the upward growth happens very, very quickly. Many of you are in foundational periods of your life where all of the growth, if you're working now, now, if you have no goals, you have no purpose, you're not working. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people that are listening to me right now that have goals, that have a vision, that have a purpose for their lives, that have definiteness of purpose and direction, that know exactly why, where they're headed and how they're going to get there and why. And you've been grinding and grinding and grinding and you're not seeing any progress. Whether it's a fitness journey, a financial journey, doesn't matter. What you don't see my dear friend, is that you are building all the, the foundation for what's going to hold your future progress. See, the problem is, is that if you build a house, like we said before, with no foundation, it slides away. People that get success too quickly, that quote-unquote house tends to slide off the lack of foundation and, and destroy itself. I've seen a lot of people come up way too quickly and implode because they didn't have the right foundation built. Do you guys follow what I'm saying? So many of you have been working hard for a couple of years and you're just not seeing the growth that you thought you would see. I, again, I want to encourage you that you're building that foundation. That the foundation is not sexy the building process is not fun. It's all dirty and below ground. Nobody, including you, sees any real progress or success. And you might even have people in your ear telling you to give up, telling you to forget about it, telling you that, hey, it's been long enough. Clearly, this isn't working out. But you are building 
the most critical part, the most important aspect of the manifestation of your goals and aspirations. And here's the thing, guys, is that the bigger the house, the bigger the building, the bigger the foundation, and the more time it is going to take. The bigger the house, the bigger the building, the bigger the foundation needs to be, and thus the more time that it needs to build, that it takes to build. So the bigger your goals, the bigger your aspirations, the higher that you're reaching, the deeper and wider that foundation needs to be. And that takes time. So many people, more than anything, I think, I think a lack of discipline is probably number one. Number two, what kills more goals than anything is a lack of patience and persistence. Everybody wants things right away. Now, now, now. Me, me, me. Now, now, now. Well, it's been a year. It's been two years. But, bro, four years in business is an associate's degree. Why will people go, it's, it blows my mind, people will go spend four years at school, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they don't complain about how long that takes. But when it comes to building a business, four years, four, I can't, no, I can't, I can't wait four years, I need to be getting it now. I'm telling you right now, there's no such thing as a get rich quick, I promise you. It doesn't exist, it doesn't exist. The longer that you look for a shortcut, the more you're shortcutting yourself. Because I'm telling you right now, there's it. I've got a what do I? I've got a doctorate now. You see me? I make this X amount of dollars, and I have X type of lifestyle. People always tell me it must be nice and this and that. Man, it looks like you have a lot of fun. And dude, we swear it doesn't even look like you do anything for work. I know I built it that way. I built it. This is intentional. Hold on one second. But I've got a doctorate. I've got a PhD at the University of Adversity. I've been through it all, man. Dude, I shared this awesome video yesterday of this guy who's a multi, 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 multi-millionaire talking about how when he was making $10 million a year, at some points he was still cash poor. And he, he, he was just, I related with what this guy had to say so strongly. You go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, this gas station's a mess. Um, I related with what this guy had to say so strongly. And uh, he basically, come on, these fucking semis, these big dumbass trucks. I know truckers are so necessary, but they cause me so many issues. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is. Um, anyways, he was talking about how he was like, okay, I had a 50 or uh what do you say? Yeah. $50,000 Amex bill due and payroll. And he's like, I had 300,000. It's like, I payroll was a quarter million and my Amex bill was 50,000. He said he started to just break down, like had a full mental breakdown. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah. I've been, I feel you, buddy. I don't quite have that big of a payroll bill. I don't have that big of an Amex bill, but it's 
the, see, this is, it was so perfect because it's what I tell so many of you all the time. It's what I tell my business partners all the time. I, your, the problems never go away. They just get more expensive. They get vastly more expensive and more complicated. When you first start your business, you're worried about covering the rent for your office space, which is 1700 bucks. Fast forward to that guy, you gotta cover a quarter million dollar payroll bill and a $50,000 Amex bill. They don't, the problems don't go away. Some of you just think that it's just gonna get easier. It doesn't. It's never, ever, ever, ever gonna get easier. But that's okay. You just get more wealthy. <laughs> it gets more fun. Yes, I'm not trying to tell you success isn't awesome. Yeah, the bills get bigger. The problems get more complicated. The stakes are higher. But my goodness, the lifestyle that you get to live, the, the, the way that you get to bless other people's lives... The way that you just are able, like I, one of the, I don't like to talk about things that I do with my money for other people, but like last week I, I increased one of our departments, all of their bonuses by, I think it was 30%. Just here you go. You guys are doing great. You're doing amazing. God bless you. Like that kind of stuff is just, it's, it makes it all worth it. And then obviously the lifestyle, you get to drive the car that you want to drive. You get to live in the house that you want to live in. You get to have the toys that you want to have. You get to do things for other people like I was just talking about. Man, it's all worth it. It's just it doesn't get easy. But your muscles grow. You're able to handle the weight. I love seeing these videos of these girls that they start hitting the gym. You know, girls want to build themselves a nice butt. You know what I'm saying? And they, they start off hitting the gym and they're barely squatting the bar. And then it shows them like my friend Emily squatting 225 for reps. And it's just like, it's, it's, you build the muscle necessary to carry the weight, right? Boy, I don't agree with, I see a lot of guys letting their women drive them around in their cars. And I think it's embarrassing. I, I just, these guys pulling into the gym right now and this lady's driving the guy. I just, I saw a lot of that the other day during the snowstorm we had. Where like the girls driving and the guys in the passenger seat, I just think that's gay. I don't know. Maybe they are gay. But <laughs> you build the muscle necessary. You 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 cultivate the strength. Like you can't walk into the gym and throw 225 up on the bench and just expect that you're gonna have a good time. You're gonna kill yourself. You start with the bar, then you add 25s, then you add 35s, then you add a whole plate. A whole disc, 45 pounds, then you're doing 135, that starts to feel good, so you add on a 5, and a 10, and a 25, that's like building a business. The problems that you're having right now are like benching 135. They're significant right now. Like, I can remember the first time I put up 135, now my max is 450. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's It's... The problems that you're dealing with right now are like benching 135. You're going to go up in weight eventually. And if you didn't build the muscle by handling the 135, you wouldn't be able to handle the 195. Do you guys see what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? 
That's like building a business. That's like being successful. It's the, uh, the principles of success do not change. Whether you want to sell soap, whether you want to sell cars, whether you want to sell window cleaner, whether you want to be a banker, whether you want to be a fitness guru, whether you want to be a bodybuilder, whether you want to be a, a top level scientist, it doesn't matter. They're all the same. Fundamentally. Because what it takes to become successful in any industry is exactly the same. The details are different. If I gotta sell cars, I gotta, you know, it's a big difference in being a world-renowned scientist. But the principles, the foundation, are the same. But y'all, the biggest thing, man, take away from today is you gotta learn to be patient. Damn it. You cannot expect to get your big break in a year or two years or three years or even four years. Think about it this way. I want you to think about when did I start my business? When did I start my fitness journey? When did I start out on what I'm trying to accomplish? Okay, it's been two years. You don't even have, which oh, four years is a bachelor, sorry. You, what's two years, an associates? What are you gonna do in life with an associates? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, why are you thinking that two years in your business, you think you're just going to know all the answers and be the best and make $40 million after two years or four? You can't even get shit now with a bachelor's degree. Why do you think a bachelor's degree in the university of adversity life is going to get you anything special? You need to start to mentally prepare yourself now that it's going to take five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, usually 10 years. You could get lucky. I'm not saying lucky, but you could hit it big before. Said, so don't get me wrong. Some startups after two years explode and they become billion dollar companies. If the if there's a vacuum in the market where the need for that product is so strong, and you are the right, that's mostly luck though. I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm not saying it's not hard work. I'm not saying it's not discipline or vision. But a lot of times when you blow up that quickly, you got luck. You were literally in the right place at the right time. And, you know, but a lot of that has to do with maybe foresight and gut instinct and all of that. But here's the thing. Most of us, me included, I, I made a lot of money in the insurance game. But I didn't have freedom in the lifestyle that I have right now until 10 years deep. 10. Yeah, I got the exotic cars and the money and the nice this and the... Nice that, but I, I didn't have the freedom that I do now. And now, for me, lifestyle, like my freedom, is more important than anything else. If somebody were to come to me, I swear, I cross my heart, bro. If somebody came to me and said, Mike, we're going to offer you a $10 million job, but you have to get on a normal schedule and go to a building, and but it's $10 million salary with a company car, I wouldn't take it. I swear. First off, that's not enough money. Second off, no way. I'll never be a slave to somebody else's dreams and desires. I'll never be on punching somebody else's clock. Never. It'll never happen. Never. In a million years. So you have to be patient. You've got to be patient. Got to be patient. And stop thinking that everything's going to happen for you overnight. We, we watch too much. We watch too many of these happy endings, Disney stories. You know what I mean? We watch too many of these movies growing up. 
where like it seems like the protagonist struggles for 45 minutes and then he or she gets their big break or you know you get you find the girl at the at the wedding and you came alone and you didn't have a date and you guys meet you bump into each other at the bar and you spill a drink on her and lipsies and then it's just all sunshine and effing rainbows after that, right? That's not, No, that's not life. That's not marriage. That's not marriage. That's not dating and relationships. That's not what it takes to be successful. Most of it is hard effing work. It's hard work. And then problems and issues and personality clashes and all kinds of... People think... People are just so brainwashed to think that you're just going to meet the one and everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows. It's not. A lot of it is. I have now me and my wife, but me and my wife for years were not in a good spot at all. At all. She would tell you, I would tell you. Not in a good spot. There were there were months where we barely spoke. We lived in the same house. We were roommates. You know what I mean? But now, now look at us. Dude, our relationship is amazing. It's amazing. We're best friends. You know what I mean? We're great parents together. Dude, that's the best thing is we're just so, we're such good parents together. I know that sounds like arrogant to say that about ourselves, but we really are. We crush parenting. She's such a good mom. But people people see that, but they don't see the foundation that was dug over five to six, and probably five years of adversity in our relationship. Five years. You know how many people give up? We've been together nine years. I'd say four of those years have been pretty damn good. Five of them were effing rough. Rough. You know how many people give up? You know how many people give up after five days? You wonder why you keep running through men? Ladies, listen to me. Look, guys, you know why you keep running through women? I, can't, I talked to, dude, there's so many single 30-year-olds now. So many. Some of them very good friends of mine. So I hope I don't offend anybody when I say this. I got a lot of single 30-year-olds that listen to me. But I need you to listen to what I'm about to tell you. You need to pick somebody and stick with it. Damn it. And stop. It's not going to... That whole bubbly thing on the first date does go away, even if it's your soulmate. Let me say that again. That whole bubbly... Super lovey dovey sky high dopamine dump that you get on the first or second or third date that goes away, even if it's your soulmate. Now it comes back now and again, but it takes time. That's just the that's it's like getting a if, if when you get a new car. I remember when I got my Maserati. I got my Maserati. I'm like, oh, dude, this thing is sweet. It's loud. It's fast. It's the fastest four-door. The Maserati Ghibli is the fastest four-door production sedan. Sedan. And I'm like, dude, after a month, I wasn't. I was bored of it. After a month. Maybe even sooner. I was looking on to the next day. I'd see some guy pull up in a Bentley GT Continental Flying Spur at Napa Prime, this steakhouse in Pittsburgh. I'd be like, oh, I'm already... You, you guys do the same thing with your women and your men. You've been with this. You start off. You hit it off with this girl. You guys are just loving it. Having a great time. First couple dates are sweet. You're talking. You're texting all the time. And then, you know, you start to see that person's flaws. And they start to see yours. And that little shiny newness wears off. Starts to fade away. 
And what do you start doing? You start shopping around with your damn eyeballs again because you can't keep your dick in your pants. Ladies, you can't keep your legs closed. So you start looking around at the next best thing. That's why people get divorced. That's why there's so many single 30-year-olds. The internet's probably the worst thing that's ever happened in romance. Because it's just so easy. Just so easy. Yeah, things aren't going super great. Let me, let me, especially women. How many of you women out there right now, with your little gym shorts and your butts, have, have just hordes of dudes in your DMs to pick from? I'm not even, I'm not ragging on you. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just an honest question. How many of you have 20 plus dudes in your DMs right now that would entertain you if you were to hit them up? That's not a good thing. It's a, it's a good thing for your ego. It's not a good thing for the health of your current relationship. See, it's all related. We just went from talking about making money and starting a business to relationships and marriage, and it's all the same. You need to find somebody that gives you the butterflies at first and then nail it home with that person. And deal with it. People have flaws. Nobody's perfect. You think I'm perfect? What do you think my wife thinks about me sometimes? <laughs> you think I'm easy to live with? Nobody's perfect, man. But you, that's it's because relationships are work. People don't think about marriage and relationships like work. It's work. It's hard work. It's not easy sometimes. But it makes it... And now let me tell you, though, when you do the work and you get through the obstacles, and it's just like I said earlier, when you suffer in business and you suffer financially, what comes on the other side of that is something beautiful. Something beautiful. It's the same with marriage. That something beautiful is you, it's that person becomes, like I said before, your best friend. You become parents together raise a child it's the best thing in the world but y'all keep quitting because it's not perfect it's not like what I saw in that one rom-com with Paul Rudd yeah okay <laughs> dude this girl's got a she's wearing jeez that's excessive it was like a leotard outside of yoga pants just really accentuating everything there huh <laughs> I love gym outfits, dude. They crack me up. All right, I got to get in and lift. That's it. I love you guys. Let's get it. Peace.